Welcome to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. So Earth Day is coming up very shortly this month, the month of April, and we're going to be talking about Earth Day. And my special guest today is Justin West, who's from, he's actually the founder of a really interesting website called thrivelot.com. And if spring is making you think of planning out your garden or that special space in your backyard, you're going to want to hear what Justin has to say and the tips he's giving us for planning out that special space in your backyard. And I am going to share with you a special lunch frittata from my nano grandfather that incorporates some of spring's special ingredients. So stay with me. Spring always reminds me of the good earth. If you're not familiar with it, it's an award-winning piece of literature penned by award-winning author and humanitarian Pearl S. Buck and the true goodness of the earth, providing us with fresh zucchini and strawberries, asparagus, potatoes, and so much more of the earth's delicacies. And I wanted to share with you my, uh, no, no, my grandfather's favorite lunch frittata recipe. And this recipe is actually from my book, which won the Gourmand World Award. It is called The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, Holidays and Special Occasions. But I do have my other book that was just released. I just wanted to remind everyone, it's The Basic Art of Italian Cooking Diaries, subtitled Seasons. And that is a special book that is all about, it's actually a diary about my life in Italy, where I started the basic art of Italian cooking and recipes that go with it. Anyway, let's get on to this recipe. So this is a lunch frittata. As I mentioned, it's from the basic art of Italian cooking, holidays and special occasions. And you can get this at marialiberati.com or artoflivingprimamedia.com or really anywhere that um, you can get books online and offline. So this frittata calls for two potatoes peeled, sliced thickly and pre-cooked, six medium eggs, fresh rosemary to taste, extra virgin olive oil, a pinch of salt. So you're going to cook the potatoes in boiling water until firm, not too soft, approximately five or 10 minutes, drain and rinse under cool water. Peel and slice the potato into thick slices. Place one tablespoon of olive oil on a roasting pan. Place in the sliced potatoes, sprinkle rosemary, a pinch of sea salt, drizzle olive oil on top, place under the broiler till golden brown, remove and set aside. So you probably should be putting them in the broiler for at least five to 10 minutes, but you know, be careful not to burn them. Break the eggs open and place in one bowl. Whisk with a fork till foamy. Place two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil in a saute pan and heat the olive oil. You're going to just warm the olive oil. Place in the whisked eggs, a pinch of rosemary, a pinch of salt, the potatoes that you had just broiled and cook 
this frittata until the edges are firm. Now, if you are cooking the frittata in a pan that can be placed in the oven, you can also do a final browning by placing the frittata in the oven. If you cook with, as mentioned, an oven safe saute pan, remove from the heat, cool slice and eat or take as a as a lunch to work or to a picnic you can wrap each slice in parchment or plastic wrap and take away or you can make a scrumptious panino by drizzling sparingly olive oil on crusty italian or french style roll or a crusty baguette place in a slice of the frittata to cover the bread wrap the panino in parchment paper take with you for a scrumptious meal on the go or just eat it at home And today I have a special guest, Justin West, who is the co-founder and CEO of Thrive Lot, which it is just such an, a really nice concept. I love the whole idea. And um, I've always thought it makes sense to have edible, you know, bushes and shrubs and things like that. So it's kind of twofold. But anyway, Justin, yes. So tell us how you got Thrive Lot started. Thanks for having me, Maria. It's great, great to be here. And um, man, you know, I think like uh, like any like any good thing, it just just kind of came into being on its own over time. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, maybe I was I was able to uh, to be the the channel for that. Um, you know, really, this thing has been has been coming up my whole life. Uh, I grew up on a small farm, growing a lot of food. I uh, was really involved as a as a kid in 4-H wildlife judging. So looking at land from the urban tenth of an acre to a thousand acre watersheds and making management recommendations to improve biodiversity. And um, and and yeah, I guess around around 2015, I've been, been an entrepreneur my whole career and uh, was looking for the next thing around 2015 and, and permaculture just kind of hit me in the face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's this design science of looking at the land, looking at the parameters of the land, the topography and the sunlight and the soil and the way the water moves on the property, and then putting the right plant in the right place beside every other plant in the right place so that nature takes care of itself and so that it, it mimics a natural system. And then from that, a lot of those plants can be food producing. A lot of those plants should be great for bees and birds. And especially when we use natives, you know, we'll, we'll contribute to local biodiversity. And uh, I said, well, there's got to be a way to uh, create a business around this and to make to make more of this faster. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I know somebody out there wants this, too. And, uh, and so we started experimenting, did a lot of research and uh, really just found that a lot of homeowners want a more lush, natural, abundant aesthetic, mm -hmm. and they care about pollinators and bees and wildlife, and they care about healthy food, and they understand that um, growing trees and shrubs and creating real soil is, is really good for the world, both for your own microclimate and, and re retaining water and, and sequestering carbon and you know, providing habitat, and, and it can improve your property value too. And so we found that a lot of homeowners were looking for uh, what we call ecosystems and really struggling to get it. I mean, um, your traditional landscapers are either grass, right? Or uh, hardscapes, you know, bricks yes. and retaining walls. <laughs> so, yes. 
<laughs> so uh, so we went out and, and found the folks locally. And it turns out there are folks everywhere that are either permaculture designers or regenerative designers uh -huh. and have the ecosystems knowledge. Um, but a lot of them struggle to put that knowledge to work. And so we we give them a platform, a brand, a process, toolkit. Um, and so you think customers. I don't want to interrupt you, but I was going to mm -hmm. say, I think so. I think these guys know about all that stuff. It's just that the consumers don't really aren't really that aware of that. So, sure. you know, they're only out there. OK, I'm looking for a hardscape to make it look good, but they're not realizing make it look good. Have a nice like habitat for wildlife, for food. Yes for all this stuff you can do. And that's probably why. So I love it that Thrive Lot is bringing that out to people. Hey, this is a great way and it is possible. So, but anyway, yes, that's what I was going to say. I think they can do it, but they're probably struggling to make a living doing it because nobody really realized, not a lot of people anyway, realize they can do that. Well, well, absolutely. And, and, you know, there, there is so so if I wanted to do it myself, you know, if I said, man, I would love to just have an abundance of food or I would love yeah. to set up a natural ecosystem on my property, there is a big knowledge barrier <laughs> and there's a long, painful road of, wow. of trial and error to get uh -huh. there, right? Oh, yes. um, and, and the knowledge that's out there, I mean, even the Master Gardener certification, if I go out and get a Master Gardener certification, it still includes a lot of chemical pesticides and invasive species. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so there's yes. a lot, there's this, there's this kind of road full of paths and pitfalls to try to yes. get to where I want to go. And, uh, but, but then there's people that have already gone down that road. Right. And, and that uh, have even been establishing ecosystems very often for nonprofit purposes or just as a right. hobby yes. and keeping them alive and getting that trial and error experience. Huh. And, and, and what we've seen though, is that, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to know how to run a lawnmower and build a business or, you know, know how to lay concrete and build a business, but the knowledge required of soil and different plant species and figuring out where to source them and putting them all together and keeping them alive and healthy without chemicals. Um, this, that's such a huge amount of knowledge and such a huge amount of effort that it really makes it hard to be a person who both has all of that knowledge <laughs> and grows a business to do that right and some people some people have some people have done an incredible job with it but right. there's a lot there's a lot more people with the knowledge um, that we try to help connect to customers do business on a tool set that is free for them and right. um and uh yeah try to try to grow this industry Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I just think it's so, it's, it's so out there and people just don't realize that they can, you know, the, that they can do that. You know, when you have bushes or shrubs, you know, Hey, do like rosemary or lavender or whatever, yes. you know, I mean, just something simple like that, instead of just having decorative, you're also yeah. having something that provides a good scent and also gives yes. you lavender rosemary to cook with. And, Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, but I mean, that's just a simple little, little tip. So can you tell, I mean, that was a simple little tip. So is there anything like simple that you can recommend um, for other than, you know, we're going to tell people where to find Thrive Lot, but, you know, if somebody wants to just get started, um, what would you, any, any recommendations, uh, a simple way to get started? Yeah. You know, I think you, you brought up an important point. And it's that beautiful 
bushes, beautiful landscaping, beautiful trees can also have other benefits, right? And, and so, and, and there are thousands of, I kind of call them forgotten species uh -huh. of plants everywhere that are native, that are edible, that are delicious. <laughs> and, and even that are perennial, that take very little work, uh, even that are native and, and that you just, do, you don't find on, on grocery store shelves because they can't, no. be, you know, they're not grown in an industrial process. Yes. Um, and you usually can't find them in uh, your, your average nursery either right, right. because they don't, they don't fit into the industrialized construction process. Uh -huh. And so I would say yes. if there's, if there's one tip, you know, if there's one little thing to get started, it is seek out a native nursery Huh. And, and try to find something, you know, some interesting perennial, even if it's a blueberry bush, you know, and learn about the soil that it needs, learn about the light that it needs, learn about the companion plants that, that you can put around it that will help improve its immune system or help feed its soil or help uh, attract predatory insects that will keep pests off of it. Um, and, 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 you know, put in, put it, put in a blueberry bush. There's no, there's, there, there are almost no even strict HOAs you know, um, that so yes. long as your bush is the right size, exactly. you're going to say, oh, that has to be, you know, some in invasive ornamental plant. Yes. Yes. A blueberry bush. Yes. Now, yes. The challenge of course is, is the soil. And, mm -hmm. and so that's, that's where everything has to start. A lot of people get discouraged. A lot of people say nothing will grow at my house. Uh -huh. But it's because they don't realize they're trying to grow on subsoil and that pretty much every constructed space in the modern world, especially in America, construction starts by scraping off the topsoil. Uh, uh -huh. And so all of the, all of the food for plants is gone. They grow there. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what most of your, like a Bradford pear or, or like a zoysia grass that's just going to stick in and grow like crazy. And uh, um, when we develop the soil, we can, we can grow some really cool things. Wow, that's great. And native plants, so that is native to wherever you live so that the plant will grow better, right, in that area. So it's just like, you know, if you live in, uh, what, Massachusetts, you're not going to look to grow a banana plant. Probably that's not <laughs> going to be native, but something that grows well in your area. So, and that, that will be right. as successful because it has all the conditions, right? The weather and everything fit. And that, I think that's great because that's a great way. And if it's native, you'll most likely be successful in growing that plant. And it kind of gives you the confidence to say, oh, hey, I was able to grow this. So now it's on to, you know, something else. And uh, to, you know what I did want to mention about the soil, there are some places that yes. will um, analyze your soil that you can send samples, aren't there? There are absolutely tools that you can use and uh, analyze your soil. It's not always necessary. Um, our process starts with connecting people with the, the local expert who can typically look at the soil, there look at whatever's growing there. And be able to understand pretty quickly what's going on. And, and, and truly, you know, even with native plants, we have denatured so much of our suburban and urban soil. Yes. Uh -huh. that, you know, yes. We've got we've got to start from that level now. Exactly. Um, where we do want to always do uh, a soil sample is in older homes that may have had lead-based paint. Oh, yeah. like we're going to be growing food. Uh, we definitely want to check for uh, heavy metals, toxicity, any urban setting that may have had a uh, 
uh, a com commercial garage or some sort of yes. manufacturing facility. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, we, we, we want to check for that. But but in general, um, somebody that's that's used to working with the soil that knows the area will be able to take a look at be your able property. To tell. Yep. Yes. Oh, that's great. Well, I, I love this whole concept. So tell us um, where people can and, and tell us it, like, so what uh, if you're looking for what to make an edible garden to make what, you know, tell us and also tell us where to find Thrive Lot. So um, who is the person that's going to be looking for Thrive Lot? Yeah. So person looking for Thrive Lot is, is somebody that um, cares about health, you know, uh, cares about taking good care of their property, maybe even wants to improve their property value. Maybe they're sick of mowing. <laughs> uh, maybe you want to see more birds or, or bees or butterflies, uh, blooms, you know, blueberries. Um, it, it's kind of all across the spectrum, but the, the what, what, what we, you know, what you can get at Thrive Lot are ecosystems. And so that means basically things that are grown without chemicals. Uh, things grown with a bias towards no-till if possible, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and, and things that are grown as much as possible in mimicking natural systems. And so we do vegetable gardens. Uh, we'll even do greenhouses. Um, we, do, we do raised planter beds, but you really want to get, you know, when you do a raised vegetable bed, if I want, if I love broccoli, you know, um, I can go out, you know, the traditional process. I love broccoli. I want broccoli. So I go out and I clear off whatever was there. Um, and it's probably been cleared off hundreds of, hundreds of years before I got here, if it's like the average. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I, I clear out what uh, whatever's there and I put in 20 broccoli plants, right? And nature fills niches. And what I've just done is I've just created this enormous amount of food for something, right? I want it to be food for me, but something yeah. else also eats it. Yes. And that thing is used to being, is used to having predatory pressure, but now it's got this huge space of food. It eats and reproduces as quickly as possible to fill that niche. And so I've just created pests, right? And so now, oh my gosh, I've got to either be out here manually doing it, or I've got to apply some kind of chemical. So what we do is we try to mimic nature in creating a lot of biodiversity. And so we'll spread those 20, gar those 20 broccolis out with a lot of other different species of plants, 55 different species on our, our average project um, on, on a third of an acre. Right. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll spread those out. Uh, we'll put in a lot of, uh, of native uh, pollinator plants and perennial plants that are low maintenance that are going to bloom at different times of the year. So they're attracting different uh, predatory insects at different times of the year. And those predatory insects will help to keep the pests at bay. And that doesn't mean that in a natural ecosystem, some of your broccoli won't get eaten. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But it, it, cer it certainly means that uh, you're you're going to have a better chance of growing in abundance of diverse foods um, or just diverse plants with a minimal amount of pest pressure and and without having to use. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's great. But um, so it's thrivelot.com. Is that right? Just T-H-R-I-V-E lot.com. But I recommend for anybody, even if you're just thinking of and you're not sure, it's an int really interesting site to look at. And it gives people an idea of, of what, you know, um, they can do and, and the services out there that you provide and about the organization also. So I think it's a, you know, definitely um, something people should just explore, even if you're not sure it's, it's, it's worth it to take a visit to Thrive Lot. I, I completely agree. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. And uh, 
Yeah, thrive, thrivelot.com, the process, basically you, you go to the website, right. um, you, fill in some, you fill in some information, you'll talk to uh, one, of, one of our project advocates uh-huh. and they'll be your representative in helping put together the right local contractors to come out. And the first step is to take a look at your ecology, right? So um, we get your priorities, we get a budget, and then we look at the ecology and within your priorities and budget, we'll determine what's possible in your space. Uh-huh. And then from that, we can go into design or we can go into building it and go into creating it. Uh, we can go into helping you get the information that you need to source the things that you need to do it. Um, and uh, we're continually building a technology platform that uh-huh. supports this process um, so that it gets easier and easier for people to be able to say, well, I don't really know what I want, but I think I love blueberries or I think I love birds right, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and see their property, uh, log in and just get to taking the next step to uh, get a little closer to your right. vision. And I was just going to say, this is also the perfect time of year if you're going to get started, right? Well, on the East Coast, I know it's a perfect time of year to get started, to get into everything. So um, yeah, just yeah and I, I, we, we like to say uh, the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the, the second <laughs> yes. best time is today, right? Uh, today, so, yes, yes, and, that's and, true. <laughs> and yeah, the, you know, the process, the process can get started so long as there aren't feet of snow on the ground. We can start the ecological assessment. We can start the design um, pretty much any time of the year. And there are certain times of the year, depending on where you are, mm-hmm. that it's going to be better to plant certain things. So right. East Coast veggies are you know being started right now especially exactly in but uh uh fall late fall even is typically the best time for your shrubs and your trees and those types of things that's great really interesting so yes um justin west from thrive lot co-founder and ceo of thrive ceo did i is that right co-founder that's and, right. yes yeah. thrivelot.com so definitely take a visit. It's really worth, it's an interesting, interesting uh, site to visit, especially if you want to grow your own veggies to cook your own, you know, make your own stuff. Really, really uh, uh, interesting idea. Great, Justin, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll have you back in the future. Much success with Rive Lot. Thank you, Maria. I appreciate you having me. Have a wonderful day. Thank you too. Thanks for listening to the Maria Liberati show. Thanks to my producer, Britton Roselle, and this week's special guest, Justin West of Thrive Lot. And don't forget, look for my newest book, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking Diaries, subtitled Seasons. It's my culinary memoir and uh, lots of recipes, lots of stories from my diary when I spent time in Italy. And of course, you can also find The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, Holidays and Special Occasions, and The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, Da Vinci Style, at my website, marialiberati.com, on the publisher's website, artoflivingprimamedia.com, and anywhere books are sold. And you can find me at marialiberati.com, on Instagram at Maria Liberati on Facebook at Chef Maria Liberati on Pinterest at Maria Liberati on Twitter at Maria Liberati on LinkedIn at M Liberati on my Roku channel The Basic Art of Italian Cooking by Maria Liberati on the Maria Liberati channel on YouTube and my Vimeo channel The Maria Liberati channel 
And until next time, peace, love, and pasta.